you for listening in on Tent of Testimonies podcast. This is the official podcast of the Tent of Testimonies International under the leadership of Prophet Dr. Fred Akama and Senior Pastor Maureen Akama. As you listen to this and other amazing sound biblical teachings, our aim is to equip you with the Word of God so that you can grow into an effective believer. In today's podcast, we do believe that you will be imparted with the knowledge of God, spiritual truths, and kingdom principles that will positively affect your spiritual life. Be blessed as you listen, and may you come back with a great testimony. So this is our confession today. That God may open our heart. Eyes, eyes, and open our understanding so that we may see like Him, so that we may think like Him. Amen. Say, Lord, Lord. Help me. To see like you. Say it again. May you just concentrate. Concentrate. Say, Lord, help me to see like you. That has been my prayer. And I pray that it is your prayer that you may see things the way God sees them. Because if you see things as man, dictated by nature, you will not go far. Just give me a high five. My prayer for you today, even if you don't get anything, that God will open your understanding. You must see like God. You must be able to perceive. When you perceive, your confession will be different. Your talk will be different. Shalabazika. When you're able to see, it will make all the difference. There's someone I was telling last Sunday, we had the man of God here, um, Ezekiel, Ezekiel, Ezekiel. You know, it's possible as a church, we get used to, we know our spiritual father invests in worship. So we know this Kesha, someone will be coming. Definitely next time someone is coming, another person is coming. It's possible to get to that place. But God has to help you to see what these men are carrying. Because they're all different. You must see beyond their mantle of worship. Ask yourself, what does this man have for me? What, because you see, 
Bible says that where two or three are gathered, God is in the midst of them. So even if it were just for you, God will occasion someone to be there to speak a word, to turn your life around, to make your life move forward and to change your life. So you've got to understand and have a mindset that this person came for me. I don't know about you, but as for me, last Sunday, that was my day. And I felt that, I, this is me, I felt in my spirit that this man carries mysteries. Mysteries that unlock, mysteries that have keys to unlock your life. So you cannot afford to be a spectator. You must have spiritual eyes to see, to discern. Whether I am the pastor or not, I know God has put this person here for a time as this. I get what is mine. So this man carries mysteries. You know the Bible talks about mysteries? Mysteries cannot be taught. They are caught. They are caught. They are caught. And I am trusting God even concerning this church that there's a shift even in you as a worshiper, as an individual. Praise and worship. There was a shift. Did you catch it? Did you perceive it? If you didn't, may God open your mind right now to see and perceive it. May the Holy Ghost open up your system to catch it in the spirit and to run with it. Gone are the days where we come and sit and pass time. You have to decide as an individual you are going to trigger God to do something in your life. Something in your family. The grace is available, but there's a level you need to stretch. If you do not stretch, you will not catch it. Hello? So you have to be intentional. Intentional, intentional. Be intentional. Purpose, be intentional. When you come, be intentional. What time do you come? And if you come early, do you connect? Do you connect with the spirit? You know, before... The Bible says, he answered and said to them, this must be Jesus because of the, the letter word, because it has been given to you to the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So men carry mysteries. 
And when you meet someone, you must be able to discern and pick it and get your portion. So before time, before time existed, before God created time, there was no time. Sindio. Before time, before time came into existence, there was no time. That should be Genesis chapter 1 when you talk about the creation story. So God had to speak days into being for them to come into being. Are we together? So God took, if I may use a layman's language so that we understand, God took a chunk of eternity and put it forth and called it time. Eternity simply means there is no beginning, there is no end. But time has a beginning and has an ending. So between the beginning and the ending, one needs to fulfill that which God has called them to be and to do. Are we together? So in many words, I could also say, An interruption of eternal, of eternity. So God took no beginning, no end in there, picked a bit of it and called it time and put us on earth. And he wants us to be able to work out our salvation within this time that he has given us. Praise the Lord. So everyone has the same amount of time per day, 24 hours that God has given us. And you determine what you want to do. Whatever you invest in your time, you will always see the fruit. If I invest my time in eating lots of food, my body will show because I will be big. If you invest your time in work, you will receive wages. Is that true? If I invest my time in reading books on marriage or books on how to raise godly children, the fruit is I will have a healthy marriage and God will help me to raise my children in a godly way. Am I making sense? So when we talk about redeem, there's the R-E, then there's the D-E-M. So it means that there was time 
that was lost somewhere. And it needs to be bought back. Are we together? Rearrange. The furniture was arranged here. Two team members came and sat. They worshipped, they praised. At the end of the day, what happens? We need to rearrange the chairs. They had been arranged initially. We need to rearrange them. Are we together? So to redeem is to repossess, to reclaim, to take back that which was lost. So before we, we, we Ephesians 5.15, the Bible says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. We'll get to that scripture later. Maybe let's look first of all at the essence of time. I know we know this scripture in First Chronicles, where the Bible talks about the children of, give me that scripture, the children of Issachar. First Chronicles 12.32, very fast. What does the Bible say? Wait, one, two. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Okay, let me see 33. No, go back to 32. The Bible says, the sons of Issachar, They had the understanding of times. So they could tell what is happening at a particular time. And the Bible also says that they knew what ought to be done at that particular time. Okay? Two things. When you understand the time, when you understand the season, it means you must have discernment. Because seasons come and go. But for you to understand a particular time, you must have discernment. The Bible talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of them is discernment. Is that true? And I can go forth and say as Minayo that as a child of God, one of the things, you know, when you pray for giftings, one of the things you must pray for is that God gives you discernment. You cannot be a Christian and you do not have discernment. And beyond discernment, you must know how to articulate what you see. You must know this information that you have gotten, how are you going to make it work for you? Or how are you going to utilize this information 
at the right time. So one, you must have discernment. And two, you must be able to articulate what you see in the will of God. Praise the Lord. Give me Genesis chapter 49. Genesis 49 talks about Israel, who is also Jacob. He called his sons. He told his sons, gather, come here. I need to speak into your life. In short, Jacob was prophesying. Because Jacob told his children, gather. And Jacob called his sons and said, gather together. And here, no, please stick to KJV. That's my preference. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. Nope, go to what he told Isaac. Look down, you get to a place where Jacob is speaking in particular to Isaac. Can we read together? Uh huh. Next. Okay. Isaka is a strong ass coaching down between two burdens. And he saw that rest was good. So, Jacob prophetically speaks into Isaka's life and he says, You are a strong donkey. And he's coaching in between or between two burdens. And what did he see? What did Isaac see? Aha. Uh -huh. So Isaac, even in the coaching in between the two burdens, he's able to? He's able to? To see. And he saw that rest was good. And the land that it was pleasant. There are other verses that say that the land was fertile. And bowed his shoulder to bear and became a servant unto tribute. When you read history, you will realize, when you put this in context, because the land was fertile, there was constant war at that time. So Issachar decided... Remember the Bible says he is a strong ass. So Issachar, when you read, uh, move to, we'll come back to this, but just move to First Chronicles still, chapter 12, verse 7. First Chronicles 6, sorry, First Chronicles 6. 
So these are words spoken by Jacob. And Jacob is speaking into his children. Jacob is prophesying into his children. And saying what is to come. The others received curses. There were curses in all that. You know that story? No? First Chronicles, give me seven. First Chronicles 6, 7. Can we read together what does the Bible say as I check if we're in context? Okay. Um, that is not the scripture I want. I want the place where it says that Issachar, they were mighty men and they were in the army of David. There's just somewhere in Chronicles. Please get it for me as we continue. So you realize, no, it's not that one. There's another one. Not that one. Yes. Now the sons of Issachar were taller and poor, Jashub, Shimron, and Shimron, four, uh-huh. And the sons of Tola, Uzi, and Rephaia, and Jeria, and Jagmai, and Gibson, these names are harder than my children's names, <laughs> and Shamuel, heads of their father's house, to wit of Tola, they were valiant men of might in their generation, whose number was in the days of David, two and 20,000. This is 22,000 KJV for you, 600. So the Bible talks about these men. Remember they were from the tribe of Issachar. Eh? They were valiant. In other words, they were strong. Go back to Genesis 49. So when Jacob speaks into his children, he tells his children, specifically the tribe of Issachar, that you are as strong as but you will coach down between two burdens. And you will be able to see as you coach, it's not because you're not strong, but you know, down there it says he became a servant unto tribute. If you know how the kingdoms uh, operated a long time ago, if a king wants to conquer another kingdom, he would send forth, um, they're called what? emissaries, they would go forth and this king is sure that they are going to conquer this and he will tell the other king what he needs. So a king will decide whether he wants to fight back and keep his kingdom or they can also decide to go under them and pay tribute. This is a certain amount they pay every time to a certain kingdom that is more powerful than them. Are we together? So now, the Bible is saying now, this Issachar is going to coach down between the two burdens because he sees rest. In fighting, there is no rest. So he saw and worked it out and decided you can pay tribute here. So Jacob was already speaking into his children and saying to the particular tribe of Issachar, that you will understand the seasons. You will know. 
And once you know, you will know what to do. You will know the right action to take. That's why at times we see some battles are not worth fighting. You look, you discern beyond and decide, do I want to fight this or do I leave it? So you must be able to discern. And it will not mean that you are not strong enough. But it means there is a level of wisdom that you have that comes with discernment of this particular situation and you know how to articulate this into the will of God. Am I making sense? So when you say that the children of Issachar were able to discern the times and know what to do, they knew exactly how to go about it. May God give you wisdom to know how to go about it. Hello? You may have the ability to do something, but at times it's not the right time to do it. Say, I must discern. And one of the things I would love us to pray today is that God will give us discernment. God will give me discernment. God will give you discernment. When you have discernment, you cannot fail to have discernment and not have wisdom. So today we are redeeming time. Whatever time was lost, and who is known for killing, stealing, and destroying? The devil. So it's the enemy who makes sure that the time around you, the time that you have, is stolen. Put in concentration where you should not be concentrating on some things. Ephesians 5. Now we can go to that scripture. Ephesians chapter 5, the scripture that talks about redeeming time. So when you begin from verse 1 of chapter 5, the Bible talks about be followers of God as dear children, walk in love and all that. Then it talks about walk in love as Christ has loved us, that's verse 2, has given himself to us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling server. 3. Um, so when you read down, it talks about uh, the issues to do with fornication, uncleanliness, covetousness, should not be named among you. He talks about filthiness, foolish talk, jesting. Verse 5, it says, For this you know that no womongers, nor unclean persons, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. In short, the children of disobedience who walk according to the flesh. 
But that's, I'm just trying to put us in context so that we understand that scripture that we want to major on. So verse 8 says, verse 8, can we read together? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For you are sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord. Walk as children of, walk as children of light. Ten. Okay, yes, I have. Continue. Aha, uh-huh, 11. So, dark, wait. Darkness is associated with unfruitful works. Are we together? So it says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of these things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. So in, in short, the Bible is saying, the light makes manifest. If there's darkness in a place, we have been taught by our father, you don't say, I cast out darkness. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? You switch on the lights. So if there's darkness in a particular place, when you switch on light, the darkness checks out. And the Bible is saying, the unfruitful works are associated with darkness. Are we together? The Bible says that unfruitful works are associated with what? With darkness. So it continues to say, Wherefore he says, awake thou from sleep. It does not necessarily mean they were physically sleeping. Alright? It says, wherefore he say, awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. And Christ shall give you light. So this, go back to 14. This does not necessarily mean that someone was physically sleeping. Okay? Sleep means inactivity. When you sleep, you're not doing anything apart from your spirit. Is that right? And arise from the dead. This dead simply means something that does not have life in it. So you're supposed to wake up from a state of inactivity and arise or speak to that which looks like does not have life. This is what he's saying. And then Christ shall give thee light. We'll explain as we go on. 15 says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are because the days are so the Bible has talked about in the previous verses of the evil that is going on the Bible has talked about it's talked about um, the evil that is going on the full mouth the fornication and all that stuff in the previous verses 
So now it says in 15, see that you walk circumspectly. You have to be intentional. Not as fool, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are what? The days are what? The days are evil. The Bible also says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I want to use that scripture to explain this. So morning is not necessarily when you sleep and wake up at six. All right? Your morning is when the light of God sheds on a circumstance you're going through. And when God is able to, when he shines his light, he brings the deliverance. So when God comes through for you in a certain situation, you are able to see the light of God. Am I making sense? So your day has come. So when you talk about night, it means it could be the tough things you are going through, tough circumstances. But when God comes through, you are able to see light and your day has come. So you don't need to wake up in the morning for your day to come. Your day can come in a meeting like this, where we have passed morning and it's afternoon, but your day comes. Your day can come in a Kesha when people are praying, it is at night, but when you understand what the Bible says that your day has come, is that the light of God has come and shone upon your situation and is doing a turnaround. For his anger endures but for a moment and in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night. Joy comes in the morning. Go back to the other scripture, Ephesians 5. Are we moving together? Yes. Are you understanding? Yes. So at times some people think when we say redeeming time because the days are evil, well, you might interpret it as probably even the number of days God has given us on earth. But my interpretation today with the preceding verses, see that you walk circumspectly, not as full. So you have to be intentional about your walk. And this is not physical walk. But as wise, redeeming the time. Buying back the time. Buying back the time that you might have spent in gossiping. Buying back the time that you might have spent in fornication. Buying back the time that you might have spent in some of the things that the Bible has called the evils. So you're redeeming the time. Am I making sense or should I repeat? The previous verses, the Bible has talked about, I want us to move together. So, the previous verses the Bible has talked about, verse 11 talks about the unfruitful works of darkness. They may have prevailed in my life, in your life. So, when I am redeeming time, I am realizing that these things have not been worth it. I lost my time doing this. I lost my time doing this. And whatever I lost my time doing, I got consequences. So, I lost time because of the fruit of the works that I did. Am I making sense? I pray that you will get by the time I'm done. When you get born again, when you experience salvation, 
This is the first step towards redeeming your time. Because the enemy has been playing with your life and doing everything because you've not given God authority over your life. Now when you get born again, you're giving God authority over your life. Now God begins working in you, redirecting your steps. Are we together? So when it says, awake from sleep, because, just give me that, Romans chapter 3, verse 11 to 14. What does the Bible say? Uh-huh. Okay. No, that's not the scripture. Check if it's Romans 13. Check if it's Romans 13. The one that talks about you awake from sleep. Ah, Ephesians 15, okay. It says, wherefore he says, awake thou that sleepeth and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. We have exclaimed, explained this scripture, right? So he says, awake thou that sleep and arise from the dead, and Christ shall do what? Give you light. Take me to John chapter 1. This one you know of it. John 1, 1. Don't even put it up. What does the Bible say? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, put it up. Kuna yonyana kulam domo na wanataka konekana wanasema kitu. Okay, now we can read together with confidence. What does the Bible say? Aha. Aha. Next. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 The word was with God, and the word was? So word, God, then in him. Who is him? Who is him? God. In him was what? In him was what? In him was life. That's chapter 4, media. And the life was the light of men. So there is, the beginning was the word, then there's God. Then there's life, and then there's light. So, 
I told us that when we want to expel darkness, we do what? We switch on what? We switch on what? And if we go backwards, the light is? Life comes from? And which is there? So, when we talk about time, the interpretation is there's, there's the Kairos time, then there's the Kronos. Kronos coming from chronological. Chronological is systematic, the deaths. Are we together? But I want to talk about Kairos time. Because if we are redeeming time, we have to operate in the Kairos time or the Kairos moment to be able to redeem. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When we talk about Kairos moment, this is an appointed time of God, if I may use that explanation. I returned and saw under the sun that the rest is not for the swift, nor the battles to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor the riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happens to them all. Bonus if you media. Your scripture ni awapi. I love you guys. So we are talking about a set time, a spiritual time. When you talk about Kairos, most of the time, Kairos is associated with harvest. So if you can be able to understand a Kairos moment, you can be able to turn around a situation. Praise the Lord. Life begins in the spirit. So if you're able to work out things in the spirit, you can work out things in the, in the flesh. You've already dictated it. So when we talk about a Kairos moment, we are talking at, about an opportune time, an appointed time, a set time where something is supposed to happen. Praise the Lord. At the pool of Bethesda, the Bible says that an angel used to come and stir the waters. This man stayed here for 38 years waiting for someone to put him. But there was that particular time when the waters were stirred, when someone gets in, you see results. That's why I'm saying harvest. Are we together? So you find yes, this is a good scripture. Thou shall arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time is come. So the set time to favor her was then. Are we together? So at the pool of Bethesda, that was a Kairos time. It was the set time when the angel would come and stir. And then this man would be able to get in and receive healing. You must be able, if you want to redeem time, you must be able to understand Kairos moments in your life. There are chronological moments, but there's also Kairos. And the chronological moment help build up towards a Kairos moment. Let me explain. We encourage people come to church early. Bonus if you Come to church. What time do you come? Early is early. Early, you know, even 11 can be early. Now, when you come and worship is going on, there is something that God is doing in the lives of people. When you come and there is intercession going on, there is something that God is doing in the lives of people. God is preparing hearts. 
Yeah? You've had a long week. You come here with the baggage. You're thinking about your children. You're thinking about your husband. You're thinking about that wife. You're thinking about your baby. So when you begin with intercession and worship, your heart is being brought in place where it should be. That's a chronos time. So as your heart is being set to a place, when the man of God comes in and declare, receive your breakthrough, your heart is ripe. Your heart is at a place to receive. Sasa ukikuja let shida ako ninini. So you find your heart is not in a position to receive. You struggle. When the man of God says, receive by faith, you, you're thinking, ah, he always declares. So you find the Kairos moment, the Kronos moment helps to trigger a Kairos moment. When Esther was being prepared after the king, um, after the king put away the, his queen and decided I want someone else. And the Bible says that there were ladies that were brought, they were prepared. Esther had just one chance to show herself to the king and get to that position. So the, the chance she had like this, God helped her to be able to seize, to, to, to seize it. Thank you. So that was a Kairos moment. So if you cannot discern your Kairos moment, you miss on a season. When someone gives a testimony here and you have a need and you desire God to do something, that's why you see someone take an envelope, go put it there. That's a Kairos moment. You're tapping into that testimony. You're connecting to that testimony and you're opening up your life. And that is how it works. That's why you hear someone say, I had someone give a testimony. I connected with that. It's a Kairos moment. What the man of God from Tanzania was trying to explain, when you partake, the thing is, you need to see what the man of God is saying. So that when you stand and say, I receive, you are actually connecting. Not just standing because everyone is standing. I see you. <laughs> Some people just stand. You know, there is the group that stands because of fear. Because the man was going to say, you need to honor. Then there's a group that stands because wherever, everyone is standing so like. But there's a particular group that has understood what the man of God is saying and they are connecting to it and they are saying, this is mine. I am taking it. I am... Act as if it is true. What does that mean? To believe. So if you believe what the man of God is saying, you act as if it is true. So that's why people stand up and connect. It's a Kairos time. Connect. Praise the Lord. So you must be able to realize your Kairos time. You're trusting God for restoration. Someone has given a testimony about restoration. You catalamano it. And you know, spiritual things are spiritually designed. Are we understanding? So the Bible says that the spirit is able to quicken your mortal body. The spirit is able to quicken me as Maureen. 
You will notice some things at times we preach, we say, even some of you as I'm preaching now, some things you're not getting or understanding. Your spirit can pick it, but when you try to reason exactly what I'm saying, you may not understand. So the spirit is able to understand faster. The body will follow, the soul will follow later. Because the soul still has these doubts. What if could be and all this. So the spirit picks. As you pray, as you read the word, the soul follows, the body follows. Say, I must learn, I must learn. my Kairos time. Say it again. So you should be able to discern. That's how I was telling you. There is what the man of God, when he came to minister yes, last Sunday, I felt an unlocking in the spirit. I don't know if you felt it, but I felt it. And it was tangible. You could feel it. If I can use physical words, but you can't feel it. But you could sense it. And when you realize this is happening, you begin, you, ha, ha, you begin, 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 declaring what you want to see in your life. You know, it's like there's a certain portal that has been opened. So what do you do with that time? Declare, say what you want, give it life. I did it. You better do it. So you will find that a Kairos moment does not happen all the time. Unlike Kronos, like I said, it comes from the word chronological. A Kairos moment, it can be certain times, certain times, certain times. So you must design. And when you design, you pick it. What, what I'm teaching, is it too hard? I am trying to break it down as much as I can. When you're seated here and the Holy Ghost is speaking to your heart and convicting you and telling you it's time, it's time, you need to do something, you need to do, that's your Kairos moment. Do something about it. Because there are those seasons and when you miss the season, you find getting that season. Imagine if Esther missed her Kairos time. What would happen to the children of the Jews? So you can use a Kairos time to break a barrier in your life. You take advantage. Remember the Bible says that um, when you read in Genesis in the beginning, that the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Yeah? The spirit of God is here. If you're born again, the spirit of God is in you. You don't need a physical manifestation to know. Can we stand up for a minute and stretch? Because I need you to move with me. Stretch a little bit. Give your neighbor a high five. Tell them I saw you sleeping. Next time I'll pinch you. Eh? Have you stretched a little bit? You can take your seats.
So the Bible says that the children of Issachar, they knew, and this is interesting. You know we have been called as priests to God. So as priests, you can hear the voice of God. The children of Israel had priests, right? Which tribe was that? Which tribe was that? Eh? Levi. That's correct. Should be confident. So, the children of Israel were called to serve and do their priestly duties. You have the Holy Ghost. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. So, even these Levites should, be able, should have been able to discern. Right? But the Bible says that the children of Issachar knew when. And the children of Israel would consult the children of Issachar to know the time. That's why there are days um, they'll be told that, that when the cloud moves, they would know. When the cloud stops, they would know. When God would tell them, this is not your battle, stop. They would know. So their steps were literally ordered step by step by step by step by discerning and articulating the will of God and understanding what God is saying in this season and knowing what to do, what God is saying in that season. So you must discern. You must ask God to give you a sharp discernment. You know why? When people can talk bad even about your pastor, you have discernment. You see me stand here. You can see beyond me, beyond your pastor, beyond Maureen. You know the kind of spirit I carry. When you know this, you can even defend me before people. Say discernment. This one we must have. And you see, if you're in a prophetic place, you can't be prophetic and you lack discernment. It is disastrous. It is disastrous. You know, when I say you know, you know a story is about to come forth. <laughs> ah. Long before I met PFL. Just get what I'm saying. Okay, let's concentrate. So I knew God had called me to teach the word. And so I meet this guy who operates very funny. I know he's in a service. If you are with us five years ago, if you are with us in upper room, you can understand what I was saying. And you know one time one of, um, um, he was called a tornado, remember? So you can imagine that's how he would move in prophetic endgress. Remember, I can teach, and I can teach well. But the prophetic God had to help me understand, to be honest. Because there are days he would say stuff, I'm thinking, I try not to have this face. I tried to understand. And it was not easy. 
That's why when you find people coming new to this church and you find prophetic, if you find it difficult to fit, it's okay. Ask God to give you discernment. Because that's one of the things I ask God to help me. But why? Why are you laughing? <laughs> there were things I would, you know, at times you'd be somewhere, you're talking, he just switches. Then he's like, this, 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 this. Then I'm like, okay, you want me to implement this? And you see, by that time, I am already, we were submitted under a certain church, so you just can't wake up one morning. And so some things I had to understand, at times he speaks what he's seeing. Not necessarily for me to act, but I'm there to listen. And maybe at times to pray. And I asked God to sharpen my spiritual senses so that my discernment can be able to work for me to know and understand what is saying. Because if you cannot discern, you will stand in the way and become a barrier or an obstacle. Because someone wants to move, you keep on dragging them, explain, keep on dragging them, what exactly do you mean? You keep on dragging them, no, 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 keep on dragging them, this. So God has to give you discernment if you're in a prophetic church. Why? As long as you're under this umbrella, God is always speaking. And you have to know how to interpret what God is saying. Because then again, you can find whatever God speaks can have even more than one interpretation. So you need to understand so that you apply it effectively in your life. You know, one time <laughs> we had, uh, we had uh, someone who, <laughs> one time we looked for the person. We asked her, we've not seen you for a while. What's up? Then she said, I had a dream. In the dream, God told me to leave and go. Then you're like, okay, so um, this is what God said. Okay, said fine. I don't want to give the details of the dream because the, the dreamer can. But there are certain instructions God will give you that you must have discernment and know what you ought to do with this information. And once you know what you ought to do with this information, you know when to do it. The day you get a revelation that it hits your spirit and you realize that the Bible says that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Were, not are. When it hits your spirit, hits your spirit. When this happens, you find now someone is able to speak a word and declare, now I'm receiving my healing. That's why you can be in a congregation, poor seat, and then you hear someone shout. Or someone somewhere is like, yes! Because that word touched somewhere. That word stirred up their spirits. That word, they realize this word, I need to act on it now. Praise the Lord.
That's a verse on healing. Thank you. Give me the story of, um, is it the Shunammite woman? That the son had died. And then she went to the man of God, the prophet. No. It's the child that had died. There was a prophetic child that had been promised. And then after a while, the child died. The Bible says the woman went to, went to the man of God to tell him that the baby died. So, it is very important, as you get me the scripture, it's very important that you learn to speak and keep declaring what you want to see. So that the day the, you know, the day whoever is here declares something, you can tell a stirring in your spirit and you know what you've been speaking and telling God and you grab that opportunity, you grab that Kairos moment and you speak into your life. Now, when you are able to get or discern a Kairos moment, which is triggered by the spirit, you will definitely get fruits or fruit of what you're praying for. Are you bored? If you're bored, say amen. And she said unto her husband, 2 Kings 4, 9, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God that passes by us continuously. 10. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber which had been prepared for him and he lay there. And he said to, he, to Gehazi his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. Just be patient with the scripture, we'll get there. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for you? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king? Do you want me to talk to the king or the captain of the host? Then she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Then Gehazi is the one who spoke and said, She has no child, and her husband is... Her husband is? And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace what? Embrace what? And she said, no, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. Then the woman conceived, bore a son, and in that season that Elisha had told her. So Elisha gave her a prophetic word, moved to verse 18. And then according to the nine months, she got her baby. Then the Bible says, when the child was grown, it fell on a day, and he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, 
my head, my head. And he said to a lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and did what? Did what? Uh-huh, 21. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. He said, wherefore will thou go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. So what does the woman say? What did the woman say? It shall be well. Um, next. There's a verse I'm looking for. And when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord has hid it from me. And has not done what? Has not done what? Okay. So the Shunammite woman goes to the man of God because this child was a child of promise and had died. And the Bible says that the man of God did not, did not know that this child had passed on. That's why he says, God hid it from. Then she said, did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, guard up your loin, take my staff, go meet any man, salute him not, and if any salute thee, answer him not again and lay my staff upon the face of the child. And then now Elisha went and you know the story, the child got resurrected and all that. So this is a story about Elisha asking God to give this woman a child and God honored his word and induces on this woman another child. And then also the Bible says that now with time, when, when this woman, after the child died, the previous verse, the Bible talks about her speaking of peace. Give me, give me that scripture again. Just a few verses up. No, go forward. He said unto his father, my head, my head, he said, no, next. Next. So what this woman did, she took the child, put him on the man of God's bed, and then left. Yes? And then she said, it shall be. It shall be. Because she knew this child had been done what? She did not ask for this child. This child was given. Sindio? You cannot say it is well, when someone is dead. Is it possible? It's not possible. But according to her, she was convinced if this man of God gave me this child, then there is no way this child can die. And I believe that's why Elisha says God hid this from me. Because the child was not supposed to die. Are we together? And now when Elisha came, the story is there, brought him back to life and all those things. 
So you have to learn to speak. You have to learn to communicate your faith effectively. You keep speaking, you keep, you keep declaring, you keep speaking what the word of God says. Then a time comes at a certain moment when you will speak that word, it will come to pass. The other day our father taught us that um, you have to learn, you have to tame yourself, you have to learn to speak in a certain way, to say the truth. Okay? So that even your spirit man, you know you can condition your spirit man, eh? So your spirit man understands this is the talk, this is the way of life. When your spirit man understands this and it's able to... Do you know... There are things when you keep speaking, you keep speaking, or you keep singing, at times you find in your subconscious when your mind is not concentrated even on the singing, you find there are things you're singing and declaring. That is why you have to Keep speaking these words, keep speaking, declaring. When God gives an opportunity like that, you will automatically speak what you want to see and then you will be able to, to see the results. Praise the Lord. Say redeeming time. Redeeming. Say God, God. Help, me help me to be able to discern, to be able to, to, be able to, articulate, to be able to articulate so that I can redeem time. Say it again, so that I can redeem time. There are things in our lives that God, even if, you know the Bible says that God will make all things to work together for good to them that love the Lord, being called according to its purpose. So God says, if he says all things, it means the good, the bad, the ugly, the ones you can be proud of and not. God has a way of making them work together for your good. Sindio. So it means God can turn a bad situation, an ugly moment, and make things work for it to turn out to be good. Problem, when we see a challenge, we complain. But ideally, when you see a challenge, you are supposed to have discernment to know what to do. The Bible says that when the children of Israel, this is the last verse so that maybe we can, can pray. I, I pray we have gotten something, eh? The Bible says that when the children of Israel were approaching the sea, when they got near the waters, then they started crying out. So when they looked back, who are pursuing them? Who are pursuing them? Egyptians on horses. And when they looked forward, there was water. So looking at it naturally, this was a challenge and there was no, nothing they were going to do about it. They felt they were caught up. And I was telling the young people, I think on Friday, during the Kesha, you have to trust God that the challenges you see will create an opportunity for you, for God to do something in your life. And that is why the Bible says that God told Moses to, to tell the people they stepped into the waters. That's when the water parted. So some situations, when you get to a fix, before you complain, look, look, ask God to give you discernment to know what to do at that time. Because if Moses didn't have, didn't hear the voice of God, didn't have discernment to know that this is God speaking. Remember you're coming from a country that has worshipped idols, idols, and then someone is telling you, tell the people to step in water. Remember, he had tried to save the children of Israel and it didn't work when he killed an Egyptian. 
Remember? And he thought he would kill them one by one. That was his strategy. But God had a different strategy. So now God is like, put your feet in water. What would you do? You would tell God, part this water, and then we put our feet. This is what we want in life, right? So I believe when God told Moses to, st to tell, you know, because again there was the order, the priests and all that, when they stepped in water, the Bible says that the water parted. So at times, the challenge you have in life, you need discernment for God to do something concerning your life to open your spiritual eyes to see this is a challenge, yes, but an opportunity can come from this challenge to glorify God and to turn your situation around. You know, when you're trusting God, when you're trusting God, let's say for example, healing. At times it gets to a place where you've decreed, you've declared, you've been laid on, on hands, almost legs, you're still trusting God. So you are caught in between a rock and a hard place. Because then again, the building of our faith is not a simple thing. For your faith to grow, you find that you get a challenge that really shakes you up. And you reach at a place where you know, if God does not come through here, I am done. And then now God shows up. God shows you a way out. God tells you, walk down that road. You see that office, God tells you, walk in. Tell those people what you want. You must learn your Kairos moment. You must learn your the late Archbishop Benson Idahosa recorded in his books that um, one time he was traveling and then the plane was full and he asked someone to give him a seat. And a Muslim man gave that seat. Dankote. You know where he is right now financially? And he spoke a blessing on his life. <laughs> Africa billionaire. So you find... That was a time where God now caused a change in his life. At times you need to discern. And discernment can push you to do some things that don't look logic. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. And when you arise and do it, you see God come through. So don't do things because people are doing. When you feel you're an urge in the spirit... Let me do something. Let me do something. Do it. I can't remember who it was, but there was a testimony and some lady said um, she just felt in her spirit God was pushing her, send this, send this. After she sent that, it, it opened up her financial life. God specializes in giving at times very funny instructions. Some that don't look nice. You remember the, the, the servant lady you told the man who told the king, go wash yourself, where? A river. A king, go to a river. If you've washed, you know, kings in the olden days, they were taken care of. Even some were bathed. They were bathed, they never used to work, they were bathed by people. Your work is just to sit there, stretch the hand, stretch, stretch the leg. <laughs> and there are servants walking around. You finish, you stretch, they clothe you. Manzaya kuna stress. 
And then now you're told, wake up. Go deep in that. He couldn't send a servant to go deep on his behalf. He had to do it himself. And God came through. I pray that you realize your Kairos moment. I pray that God gives you discernment in the name of Jesus where your spirit will be triggered. Your spirit will be stirred. You'll be able to see what people don't see. The book of, I think it's Ephesians, it talks about you, your, your heart will be enlightened. Your eyes will be able to see. You'll hear. Someone is hearing my voice. Someone else is hearing an opportunity, hearing a direction of God, hearing God telling you concerning that situation, arise and go. Go check on that job. So God will give you ears to listen that inner voice. And when you hear, you act. Ah, I pray for us in the name of Jesus that we shall be able to design the times and seasons, that we will be able to redeem. Some of us just need a discernment for God to help you understand, you know, move away from those people. Because also if you're around people who waste your time, it will be draining. But I pray Ephesians 1.18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling. And what the riches of the glory of inheritance in the saints. Say discernment. Say, Lord, Lord give, me discernment. give me discernment. Give me the scripture that talks about um, discernment as a gift of the Holy Spirit. We must have discernment. We must have discernment. Because the discernment will help you know when to jump into a situation. When to speak and say something. What does the Bible say? One, two. So God has to give you discernment. Discernment, let me come up here. Discernment does not come from a physical man. At times, we don't know what to do concerning certain situations. It takes God to quicken you. It takes God to tell you, begin walking, begin walking, begin walking. When you begin walking, you find a solution. Some of us here, you get a job, you apply, you go there, you realize, no, this is not what I wanted. Then you decide to walk out. At times, you must discern. Please bear with me. You will stand and preach with me. Sindio. One time, I got a job. I had waited on God for like two years. Then I got a job. And the first thing when I was told my salary package, I was very disappointed. Like some of you get. Eh? And I went back. This was before I got married. 
I went back and prayed and I told God, I have been faithful. Those days we used to do missions back to back. You wouldn't find me on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm on a weekend challenge somewhere. In the week, I am applying, I'm doing stuff. I was also doing my internship at that time. But I wanted a permanent job. And then the job I get, I'm like, God, where have I failed? I have done my best. There's nothing I can do beyond this. But this, then God told me, no, take that job. You're not there, specifically I was told, you're not there for the salary. You are there for the skill to learn. And this time, I am dating. And whoever I'm dating is telling me, you hang around me, you will not want to be employed. And that time I was so confident, I told him, mm -mm. you know, now we are at a place where we are being taught a lot, you know, entrepreneurship and then. But that time, to be honest, we didn't have a lot of exposure on entrepreneurship. So I used to think like a vehicle. I finish, I get a job. You know, how many are fourth years, by the way? You're telling yourself you finish, you apply, you get employed, and I am sure, how much salary are you expecting when you get employed? Eh? 50,000. She already knows she, that's what she wants. Many of us, see, that's how we think. There is that which you know you're going to get. And then in your mind, you're like, you work very hard, you climb up the ladder, and then you climb up the ladder as the money increases. That's how you think. That's how I, I was thinking. So when he tells me you not want to be employed anymore, to be honest, he didn't make sense. But out of respect, I didn't tell him you're wrong. I kept quiet and held my peace. I worked for this place for a while, and I learned something that I didn't learn in school because it was a family business. And I had to manage like six of their business. And every day I would be harassed in the morning. By the time you get at eight, you should have passed one of those businesses, see how they are doing. If profits are going down, you'll be, you'll be asked why. Why didn't you see it coming? What have you done about it? And for me, that was really a marathon. Because if you have to do the HR bit and then you do the finances, you know, if you have your own business and people work under you, don't oppress them. I've realized a lot of family businesses are very oppressive. That's why if you work with me, if I give someone an assignment, I always pay. Those who've encountered me know, I always pay. I don't take people for granted. So I would have to do so much, check on all the businesses, and every day you're looking at how much profit is coming in per day, keying it in, sending it to the directors. So every day you must know, grand total of money coming in and the specific business you must know. But you see, I learned skill. Because now I can be able to manage and follow up on such things without pressure, with ease. So that's why God told me, go there, learn. And yes, after that, I didn't want to be employed anymore. So he was right. I don't know whether prophetically or whichever, but well, he was right. So, we have, we, our paths are ordained by God differently. You must discern what God is telling you concerning your life. Your friend got a job the other day and you know it's a good package. And now you maybe, you, you don't know how to tell your friend, mine is like this. 
you must know your path with God. Acha pia pressure. Hata kuna adult pressure by the way. Tunaingilia anga tu pia sana. I've realized also adults have pressure but it is it is packaged nicely. You don't see it. Stop that. Trust God to see where you're going. And you will find that the prophetic works a lot with redeeming time because you're able to travel outside time and see what God is saying. A prophetic word can tell you about your future. It means it's just gone ahead. So, being in this place, or anyone who's born again and you have the spirit of God in you, the Bible says he will teach you all things. You will see what is to come. Not just spiritually, but in your physical life, you will see what is to come. And then you will align yourself relevantly to partake of what God has for you. Praise the Lord. You've got to see some of the challenges we have as an opportunity to trigger a Kairos moment in your life for God to do a turnaround and help you redeem time. I love this young man. Who is Remyo? Come, let me tell your story. Keep standing, guys. Let me tell your story. I have permitted myself. I love this young man, and he knows that. say this is my son in Umamuel, please. And then I realize if I say that, a temptation will come after. So I will not say. But he's doing his best. One time, I looked for Remyo, and I told him, um, I want you to come home and help us take care of the compound. You know, the slashing, picking of leaves, in general, just if there's anything that is needed in the home, he can go get it. This is what we called him to do. Is that true, Remyo? Yes. So in short, he was like a caretaker. Is that true? Some of you would look at that and despise. What do you do today? So, what am I saying? He had a Kairos moment where I told him, why don't you come and do this, help us with this manual job as we trust God. And he jumped into it and it opened doors for other things. So there are things God may bring your way that may not look like it, but they are the it to take you to the next level. You must have discernment. If he did not have discernment, he would have thought, I am not cut for this kind of thing. Like a lot of you, I am not cut for this kind of thing. I deserve better. And then you miss an opportunity. That is why I'm saying we have to trust God. I have to trust God to help me 
have sharp discernment to know when God is giving me an opportunity. Because an opportunity may not look like it. Like where you want to go. An instruction. You know some of you, PFA tells you, where are you? You write, I'm in Kariobangi. Then he says, come to church. If you don't discern that there is an instruction or there's something more than that instruction given, you will miss out on it. And probably saying that so that you can come to an altar. You know what an altar is, we've been taught. And get your breakthrough. So my prayer for us today is that God will help you see opportunities. You've registered that business. You're trusting God for work. Your first assignment, you work you get, you're given, it's, an, it's work that you'll be paid 10,000 shillings. Will you decide to take it or will you say no? And at times could be this is what will open doors for you. You've got to discern. Because there are opportunities that trigger a kairos moment for God to do something in your life. Someone pick that microphone. And I was telling this young man, I feel in my heart what God is about to do concerning his life. He has not yet seen it. And one day, don't clap, wait. One day, he will tell a story and say, God, this is where I started. This is where you brought me. And this is where I am. And he will acknowledge that it has taken the grace of God and the hand of God. Say discernment. Say it again. So I feel in my heart, Remyo, your life has not even started. It's not started. Humility and inclining your ear to the voice of God as he helps you will take you far. You've not begun. Don't even think, Umefika. You've not begun. Lift up your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak to your spirit man that God will give you discernment to see where he's taking you. God will help you understand where you're going, that you will not miss out on that. You will not fall short. You will not be satisfied until God completes what he has for you. Receive the grace. Take it in the name of Jesus. Let your light shine brighter and brighter in the name of Jesus. You shall not fail. The voice of God will be clear. Clear in your spirit. Clear in your life. Father, I pray. Can you pray for him? Stretch your hands towards Remyo. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That that which you're doing concerning this man's life, I ask you. Use it as a testimony. Use it as a testimony. Use it as a testimony of those that are willing to yield themselves to God. Those are willing to wear humility. Those are willing to walk with you step by step. Let it be an example of the faithfulness of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Another, take it in Jesus' name. Just leave those hands before God. Shaka tarabo sikara katara